everyone. Welcome to another episode of Relative Pitch. Uh, we are joined here today for season season two, episode five, with our lovely, oh my gosh, like former professor and amazing pianist and person overall, performer, everything you can possibly imagine, Julie Coucheron. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's so good to see you guys. It's so wonderful seeing you. And for um, everyone who doesn't know, like we all at some point have had, I believe, have has everyone had Julie as a professor? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it was it was at KSU, of course. That's where we all met. Um, and it's so great getting to continue these relationships, like past, like undergrad and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great to be able to talk to you and chat and just see everything that you've been up to. So, um, how are you? Like, what are you up to nowadays? I'm doing great. Um, I am still kind of doing a little bit of everything. I'm performing, I'm teaching, I'm, you know, I'm a professor at KSU still. Um, I'm not traveling as much because of, you know, a certain illness going around. Um, But it's definitely starting back up. So it's just, uh, I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything, um, which is great. So continue on doing that. That's awesome. And so like for just give us a little bit of a background about who you are, like how you began your musical journey and like just how you actually got over uh, to the States and specifically KSU. Right. Uh, Well, so I was born and raised in Norway and um, I lived there until I was about uh, 13, 12, 13. And then I moved to Philadelphia and I was there for about two years. And then after that, I moved to London, where I started my studies at Royal Academy of Music. Um, I was there for about seven years, did my bachelor's, my master's, and my teaching degree diploma there. Um, And then after being there for about seven, eight years, I moved to New York. Um, At that time, my brother David, who's a violinist, he got the position as a concertmaster for the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. And um, we play a lot together. We kind of grew up, you know, playing together and we're very close too. So um, when he got that job, we started performing more and more together in the U.S. And so it made sense for me to be a little closer. And so we had a condo in uh, New York where my brother used to live when he went to Juilliard. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm ready for a change. And I moved kind of very quickly to New York and uh, didn't know anyone there. Just kind of went up and, and just did it. I was young at the time. And um, and then I was there for about two years. And then meanwhile, when I was there, I did a concert at KSU. And I was doing both a concert and a masterclass. And uh, the uh, director for music at the time was there. And I guess he liked what he saw and heard and so he actually offered me a position there and then on the day that I was there and I was like oh wow you know like I was I was quite young at the time I I guess I wasn't that much older than you guys (laughs) and so I was a little nervous at first because you know I I'd been teaching before but not you know at a university position and so I was like you know what yes I would love to and so that's how I kind of ended up in Atlanta um and with a little pit stop in Chicago uh, on the way. I was there for two years too. And then uh, just kind of commuted back and forth to Atlanta. But I've been in Atlanta now for, I would say, six years, five, six years permanently. So yeah, so it's great. I love it. It's wonderful. Oh my goodness. You <laughs> travel, travel, travel. Um, yep. 
like I just I, I'll retell the story a little bit of, about how much you just travel. Um, for anybody that do not believe how much Julie travels, okay, I had a freshman year for piano. I think my class started at 9 a.m. Mm. We looked on her Instagram and she was like in Florida somewhere, like on the beach. And we're like, she's on the beach. Is like, what's going on? And then right at like a couple minutes before nine, I see Julie walk in and we're like, how in the world did you get here? Like, oh my goodness, you did. Like those years you traveled a yeah. lot, a lot. I did, I did. Do you miss it? Do you miss traveling? I mean, I know this crazy world we're living in but do you miss yeah. it um you know I miss part of it I guess you know I I don't love long flights and you know I all of the stuff that goes with getting somewhere I like being there that's great <laughs> but the process to getting there I don't like so much um you know I I feel like traveling is just getting more and more tiring for me and I guess also I'm married now and my husband's here and you know so I you know I like I like being here with him but um but I I'm an adventurous person and I like traveling I like you know seeing new things new cultures new meet new people and so um I, I like both and I'm very fortunate to be able to do both, you know, so um, it's great to be here, but it's also wonderful to travel. And, you know, when things open up a little bit more, I'm, I'm expecting to do a little more traveling. So I'm getting back in it. <laughs> well, how do you like, um, like, this is a big thing for, for, I think, all musicians, but especially we saw this a lot from our KSU faculty, like the having to be able to balance, like, uh, personal life, but also teaching, but also uh, active performing. Yeah. Most professors at KSU, like, especially the, you know, adjunct and the, um, like, Woodwind faculty does. I know I had my faculty members from Woodwind, they were traveling all the time and doing mm -hmm. things. And so, like, how do you find a balance of, you know, like, being a, you know, educator and also being an active performer? Um, I think it's good. I, I actually love it because I think... Um, it's good to kind of give my experiences to the students in a way and kind of directly so. Um, uh, I, I try to prepare my students for what's to come. And since I'm kind of doing so many different things, I feel like I have, you know, quite a lot of experience in kind of just preparing them for, for what's to come after student life. Um, and you know, it's, it's not always easy, uh, like you said, to balance everything. Um, but you just kind of compartmentalize things, right? So it's like, okay, you're doing this now, and then you're doing this now. And then, you know, so you try to not kind of just go around in this big swimming pool of, of different things, but you try to just um, do one thing at a time. And, um, and for me, I, I love teaching because it, it, kind of it helps me too you know like I um I think I'm a better performer because of the teaching that I do and I think I'm a better teacher because of the performing that I do so I think you know combining um all of it together I think um it you know it helps a lot so what was it like living in London 
<laughs> for seven um, years. Like, I would have been thinking, like, Lon- like, London. We always think about London, Big Ben, and all this stuff. I'm like, so what was it like? It was very rainy. <laughs> no, that sounds, yeah, that sounds awful. Um, no, I don't, actually, it does rain there a lot, but still. Um, what was it like? I, I loved it, actually. Uh, I moved there when I was 15. Um, and I, I, you know, I grew up pretty fast when I was, I was a kid. I, you know, I was pretty much living in London by myself when I was 15 and um, my mom came and, you know, helped me out and stuff, but I was, you know, mostly by myself and it was, um, it was, you know, tough sometimes because my university was Royal Academy of Music. It was like, it was really strict. And I remember the first like three months I was like crying every day, you know, my teachers were super strict and, um, I said to myself, I'll give myself three months. I won't quit. I'll give myself three months. I'll work my butt off for this and we'll see, you know, how it, how it goes. And, um, and it actually, it worked working your butt off actually works. So, um, so I, you know, I, I, I loved it after that time of just kind of just getting used to it, I guess, you know, being 15 and all these new things, it was, it was a lot. So, I had to get used to it, but London was wonderful. I mean, it it's such a vibrant, wonderful city with so much to choose from, you know, it has all these great orchestras, Broadway, it has like, you know, it has everything. And so I was super lucky to live there. Um, and, you know, I had my college years there, I guess. And it's very different to college here, you know, like university there. Like we don't have the same stuff that you guys have. And so it was mostly me sitting and practicing and studying <laughs> most of the time. But I, I did have, I did go out a fair bit amount too. I was, uh, I was, I was fun too, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, you earned both a bachelor's and a master's in, I'm guessing, piano performance, and then mm-hmm. you had a teaching certificate after. So what um, I know here in the States, we have a teacher certificate that performance majors can do. What was that like in London? Is it, I mean, is it rigorous? How is that? Um, it was, it, yeah, it was. Um, it's from the University of London, so it's kind of a separate thing to the Royal Academy of Music, but they work together um, when I took it. Um, and it's funny, actually, because one of the things that I had to do was to learn a different instrument. I don't really know how that was part of it, but I did have to do that. And so my boyfriend at the time was a French horn player, and he made me learn the French horn. <laughs> it was awful it was i don't even think it sounded like the french horn i think it was just like a weird like it sounded more like a cow or something honestly but um <laughs> but um, we had to do a lot of different things um uh, obviously teaching you know preparing you for that um but i i honestly have to say the way that i have learned the most is just to have so many different students in my life. I mean, I started teaching privately too when I was 18, you know, and I've taught everything from three-year-olds to 90-year-olds. And um, so it's just a lot of it is experience too. And um, there's only so much you can learn, you know, just sitting and studying teaching, you know, like you really have to get out there and just do it. Um, So it's because everyone is different, you know, like you can't learn everything from a book um, when it comes to that because all your students are going to be different. So, um, so the most important thing, honestly, that I have learned 
in my years of teaching is just discipline is key. Like you have to have discipline to practice and no, there's no shortcut, you know, like I know this from myself too. I wish it was, that would be so great. You could just go on stage and be like, ta-da, I haven't done any practice. And you know, this, this is perfect. Uh, but that is, that is the biggest thing when it, when it comes to teaching. And I try to, you know, move that onto my, my students as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I have, a, I have an interesting question, um, and we we're hinting about this a little bit earlier um, when we started talking about just traveling restrictions because of now. So as an educator, and I mean, Anthony has felt this too, I mean, me and Michael have slightly felt it just from our private uh, teaching of our students, but it's been very interesting teaching during the, like these times uh, due to everything that's kind of going on in the world. Um, and these things like affect us, right? And it's something that we don't, talk about too much you know because obviously even when we're not in a pandemic um obviously students have things they go through that we may not know as teachers and everything um and it's really it's a very interesting kind of balance of knowing when to push and then knowing when there's like a lot happening and so like i mean this past year it's been a lot going on with not only uh the the pandemic um, but also just a lot of political unrest in the states. And for you, like, like seeing this as someone who like you're you weren't like born here, like I'm sure that's been insane. And then even seeing your students affected by both of those things, like how has it been um, as an educator? And what what are some things that maybe you've had to to adjust, or maybe there were some situations that you you had to kind of take a step back and go like, okay, have to have to think yeah. about the moment we're in right now. Yeah, um, that's a great question. It, it has been tough for, I think, most people, you know, and also the fact that we've had to do most of our teaching online and do, you know, nobody leaves their house. And I mean, that's tough for anyone, let alone students that are, you know, just trying to get through college life in general. Um, and, you know, I teach mostly um, like the like first year students that come into college. And so that that's mostly what I do with my class piano um, that you guys were part of. Um, and, you know, poor kids, they're like, oh, yay, college. And then it's like, oh, we're just going to sit in our room and sit on Zoom all day and learn an instrument. Like, I mean, it's just uh, that's it's that's not nice for anyone, really. Um, and so it, it really has been tough on the, the kids because of that. Um, I obviously when all of this went down and from Kennesaw and private students too, I've always tried to just be like, you know, if there's anything you guys ever want to talk to me about, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, and just kind of, even if it's not about music, you know, like it could be anything. And, um, I like having that kind of personal relationship with my, with my students, because I think it helps. Um, I think they're honestly, I think it helps their learning curve too. Um, with everything else going on, you know, I, I haven't talked to my students that much about that because I feel like it's it's more of a personal thing that if they want to talk to me about it, they can, but I'm not going to bring it up if, you know, if, if I don't hear from somebody about it. Um, I also try to stay like pretty neutral because it's just, you know, I, I'm a performer as well. And I, I you know, I don't, I don't get into a lot of discussions uh in general um and coming from Norway like it's such a um it's such a 
I don't know, it's a very easy country. Like, I mean, there's like nothing going on there that's like, I mean, it's like you should see the news headlines. It's like sheep lost in the woods, you know? Like, I mean, that's like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm used to. It's like, I mean, it's so funny. Like my brother and I, we read Norwegian news because I, I honestly, that's what I do. I, I don't really read American news because I, I've, I've just, yeah, I've, I've moved away from that a little bit and I read Norwegian news and so I get to see where all the sheep are going. But um, no, but in all seriousness, I, I, I try to, you know, I see everybody's points and I try to help out if I can. And um, and I'm always here to, to, you know, to lend an ear if anybody wants to talk to me about anything. And um, and I try to, and actually my dad is a psychiatrist and um and that helped us a lot growing up and um and i i think you know just yeah obviously as an educator you don't have to be a therapist but i think that a little bit of that goes into it actually um i think you have to be sympathetic and um and helpful in all kinds of ways and so especially now in the last couple of years that has been um that has been much more um used uh, than, than usual. Wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, as teachers, definitely we play the role of kind of everything from being right. a teacher to um, a, a psychiatrist to sometimes just their friend or their parent or whatever, um, yeah. especially in times like this. So um, I just know you were very easy to talk to as a teacher. You know, we always... Um, it was always good to talk to you, um, especially about, you know, our careers, you know, as, as we were preparing to leave. Um, mm -hmm. So you were definitely a great example um, to talk to. That was really Thank good. you. Oh, you guys were great. I miss you. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were awesome. Seriously, I'm not just saying that, but um, you were all wonderful students. So. Oh, thank I'm grateful you. for I'm that. We weren't too bad. We weren't. Too no, bad. you were not too bad <laughs> at all. <laughs> but I remember um, actually being in class, and I remember you telling us that you're an artistic director. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the the festival because I'm going to butcher it. I promise you, I will. Um, <laughs> even though I was a vocalist, and I'm pretty sure if you IPA it, I'm, I could. But I, I couldn't find an IPA. But it's you and your brother. Y'all are both kind of like over it. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um. So it's called a Contiki Chamber uh, uh, Music Festival. And it's from the Contiki fleet um, that went over um, and almost and he had just he had so many different adventures and there's actually a great movie about it if you have a chance to, to watch it it's, it's really interesting um the reason why we started this festival um is actually because we were uh doing a festival together about 10 11 years ago um in california and um we were so busy like we were kind of like a fellowship artist so like they just we we were like half dead <laughs> doing this. It was it was very very tiring, um, and we weren't in charge of the programming or anything ourselves either. So like we were sitting there playing like thirty pieces um, in three weeks, and we didn't have a say of what to do. And so we we're like, you know what? Like, wouldn't it be so great to be in charge and pick the pieces ourselves <laughs> and pick the musicians ourselves and just be in charge? 
Um, and so we started this festival in Norway and um, and just invited when, you know, being in the fields that we are, we know a lot of people like being an educator, being a, a, a concert pianist, a, a concert master of what my brother is. We know a lot of people. And so it's it's great to be able to to invite, you know, these amazing musicians to Norway. And, and Norway is a, is, a, is a great country. So people want to come. And um, so we've been really lucky to to run this festival together. And um I think we thought it was going to maybe be a little bit easier than what it is. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, uh, it's you know, we're playing and we're organizing and um, it's press and, you know, it is so much stuff that we have to do. But it's so worth it um, because you really feel like you're accomplishing something really major when you're, when you're done. And also it's so much fun doing it too. You know, we get to play with these incredible artists and being in our home country and with our home audience and everything. And so it's, it's really, really great. Nice. I just remember you, you talking about it and I was like, oh my God, how fun would it be to have a whole festival with you and your brother? And you're just like <laughs> out playing and having a great time. Like, oh my goodness. Like yeah. It's, it's good doing things with, with my brother because it's like, you know, we're really good friends but even if we argue it's like we're always going to be friends afterwards you know so like we can just kind of be honest all the time because no matter what like we're always friends in the end and so we used to fight and argue a lot more actually we don't actually do it that much anymore um but it, it's it's very helpful to do it with a sibling um that's for sure because there's a lot of logistics that goes into a music festival yeah my goodness. <laughs> well, I actually had a question about that because um, you said you're, you're, are, are your parents musicians in any way or like did you guys just kind of come out the womb and were like, yeah, we're just going to be like <laughs> crazy prolific musicians. That, <laughs> that um, yeah, I, that would be funny. Like my brother just like coming out the womb with a violin like, yeah, hello, here I am. <laughs> um, no, it, so my dad is a psychiatrist. My mom was a professor um, in Norwegian, French and psychology. Um, and they both love music they're not professionals uh, my, my dad used to sing he was an actor like he's very artistic um my mom used to play the, the the piano she was a ballet dancer like very also very artistic and so when my brother was born she stopped working and she was a stay-at-home mom and so she used to play a lot you know the piano a lot she was just doing that by herself and so when my brother was three she's like it's so boring playing alone like I should play with someone and so she saw this local ad at our store like a, just a grocery store where we live and um and it was a little violin for sale and she's like oh great good times you know I'll get my three-year-old son to play with me so we'll do some chamber music together uh so she bought that for David and he was just really talented early on and you know he really loved it and it was just you know it was it was great and so when I was born I'm two years younger than him and I wanted to do everything that he did and um but of course, playing the violin, having two years to catch up, I was not as good. So that was a huge fail. And uh, I stopped playing the violin. Um, and then I started just playing on this tiny little piano that we had. It's actually a ship piano. It doesn't even have um, all the keys. And it's so stupid because we actually have two grand pianos in our house. So I don't know why I started on this little one, but it was in my, my parents' bedroom. And I was like, oh, this is great. And so I started 
And, um, and then it just kind of worked out, you know, David played the violin, I played the piano and my first teacher, um, her name was Ruth and she was like, maybe, you know, my grandma's age, maybe when I started and I called her aunt Ruth because I loved her so much and she was so amazing. And, and this is why I feel like education is just so important because I would never have been where I am now if it wasn't for Aunt Ruth, you know, to to just make it fun, but also be strict enough to be like, okay, well, you got to work, you know, you have to practice. and But be encouraging with that, you know. She used to give me little stickers that I put on the pieces that I did. And uh, she knows that I love dogs, so she would have like little dog stickers. And I would be so happy and practice even more because of the dog stickers. And so, you know, it's just... It's the combination of both discipline and, and joy when you're doing it. So um, so that's kind of how we both started. And um, my mom used to say to us when we were kids that discipline gives freedom. And so, which I love. Uh, and that now I can see that even more. I didn't love it all the time when I was a kid, I will admit. Um, <laughs> um, but it, you know, we, we would practice and then we would be rewarded, you know, with, I don't know, a cookie or whatever it was, you know, I, I, I loved cookies when I was young. Um, uh, but we would play outside or, you know, do something that was fun. You know, it wasn't always fun to practice, but it was necessary. And so my parents were very good at combining both like the discipline aspects and the fun of it. So uh, I've always found that to be very important. Well, that discipline definitely played off, especially in your chamber music and your ASO de debut in yeah. May. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that and how that came to be and how it felt being on the stage in like your home city orchestra now, like you've been living in Atlanta for, is it six, seven years? Yeah, so that's yeah. home city orchestra. So how was that? Yeah, um, it was, it was, it was great. Um, it was a lot of fun. I will be lying if I said I wasn't nervous um, because I was definitely a little bit nervous because, um, I mean, I, I think everybody gets a little bit nervous anyway, so it's not like, you know, it's a strange thing or anything, but um, I only had two weeks to do it um, because um, the pianist that was supposed to uh, do the recording um, and the concert uh, didn't come. Um, so he, he, he pulled out of the concert and they needed someone in two weeks. And so it was, um, a little bit frightening. I had played the concerto when I was 11. Um, so that actually, it sounds crazy, but that actually helped a lot because, you know, it was like, it was like, it was like back here somewhere, you know, it was in the back of my head somewhere. Um, and, um, I, I think I practiced maybe 12 hours a day, something like that. Um, and I just, I, I, I set my mind to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to learn it from memory. I'm going to play it without music. Um, and I want to just feel joy being on stage with the ASO because it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time because, you know, like you said, it's like my hometown orchestra now. So, um, it really was an incredible feeling and we had a lot of fun, um, the conductor, Peter Ungen, actually um, is a friend of mine and my brothers and actually my husband. He, um, both my brother and my husband are huge car 
people. And, um, and so is Peter Ungen. And so we actually had been go-karting before together. <laughs> all three of us, all four of us actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I had just met my husband at the time and he was like, oh yeah, let's all go for go-kart. So we went go-karting at um, Atlanta Motorsports Park. So that was kind of interesting. Um, but um, it was great to have both my brother there and a conductor that I knew and all these wonderful people in the orchestra and it just really felt like it was lifting me up you know and um it was it was a great experience and I hope to do it again maybe with a little more than two weeks notice next time hopefully (laughs) (laughs) oh that story well two things first thing is 12 hours a day oh my goodness but second thing that top 12 hours of a day um, you performed that concerto when you were 11 years old. Yeah. 11. What yeah. was I doing at 11? Watching SpongeBob. <laughs> That's what I was doing <laughs> at 11. <laughs> Not a long concerto like that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> really have been doing yeah. it. Oh my gosh. I was, you know, I, I guess I see some videos of me playing when I was younger. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute, you know? Like, I have these videos, and I'm like, oh, I guess we were kind of cute. Like, I was a little chubby, you know? My brother was, he had, like, he hadn't had braces yet, so his teeth were, like, out here, you know? And, like, it was, we were kind of cute, I guess. And so it's it's kind of, it's fun to watch that now, of course. But, yeah, I, I, um, I had a great teacher who told me that I should learn one concerto every year, and, um, I think I started learning with him when I was about 10. So this was one of the first concertos that I actually learned with him. Um, And I'm really glad I did now because it's great to have like a roster of concertos that you've done because in case something like this happens, you know, like someone pulls out and you get the opportunity to do something. And it's great to have like a uh, just a list of concertos that you've done before so that you can pick them up quickly. Um, So I'm glad I'm glad my teacher did that at the time. (laughs) Uh, got me going back to education for a little bit um you having had the opportunity to study both like here in the states and also in in europe have you i'm sure there are so many differences um of like the or maybe maybe not maybe there are a lot of actual comparisons so it's interesting to like to be able to hear the perspective of someone who's been through um both uh ways of training so what did you what did you find to be different what did you find to be similar um that's a great question. I um the the university I went to um in London, um it was definitely a little bit different like class-wise, you know? Like um and also it it was smaller. So it was like, you know, it, we didn't have a campus. It was just like the big building um and we had like one canteen and one common room. And so it was like it was a lot smaller. Um and the classes that we did were also a little bit different, but similar. Like, for example, the class that I teach now, class piano, was called keyboard skills where I went. And I had to take it, too. But we had different levels, as case you have, too. Um, but I was in, like, the advanced level because pianists obviously already can play. Um, and so I didn't have to <laughs> really end up. So we, we had more, like... You know, we had to transpose Brahms symphonies and, you know, just do 
crazy stuff like that. And so I actually hated that class. <laughs> so, like, so when I was asked to do it at Kennesaw, I was like, oh, dear. Um, but, <laughs> but it's very different what we did. So I guess, you know, at least I don't have to teach uh, transposing of Brahms symphonies. Um, but it, it, it's similar. And, and one thing that I had, which um, I loved actually this class. Uh, it was business for musicians and it was, um, it actually taught me a lot of like, you know, just how to handle myself in a professional life as a musician. Um, I feel like a lot of people just kind of get thrown into it after college and it's really good to have a little bit of preparation of what's to come. Um, and so that class I really loved and I don't know if that is at Kennesaw, but I just remember I, I loved, I loved that. Um, and I, I actually hope that more universities have those types of classes because I think that really, really helps students um, going forward after after college. Because it's very easy to be like, okay, you know, you sat there, you've worked so hard, you've done all your studying, you know, all your tests, everything, like you've done all of that, and then you're done. And it's like, ooh, what now? You know, how do I get from here with all of these teachers and professors to just being by myself and it's just me, you know? So I, I really appreciated that class in particular. Um, and um, the the other stuff that I had um, at the Royal Academy of Music, like class-wise was, you know, I, I had a lot of chamber music, which Kennesaw has too. Um, and one of the classes I teach at Kennesaw too is, is a piano forehands class, a piano ensemble. And we didn't have that at uh, the university that I went to in London. And I wish that we had actually had that. Um, I hadn't done any piano forehands before I came here. And then now a lot of the concerts I do is piano forehands because um, actually two of my closest friends are pianists here. So we play a lot together. Um, and it was another reason why I wish we had it is because pianists tend to be by themselves a lot, you know, because like it, it's just us. Like we don't have accompanists, you know, like we, we don't have that. We just kind of sit in a practice room by ourselves. And it's kind of a notion where all pianists hate each other. Um, <laughs> and it's like a big competition, you know, like we're all kind of like, Ugh, you know, what's this person doing? And, you know, so it's. I wouldn't say that everyone hated each other at, at university, but it was definitely a lot of competition. And by doing piano forehands, I think you get to work together and, you know, be the best you can, but working as a team. And so I wish that we had had that um, at my university, which now Kennesaw has. So it's a little bit of, you know, everything a little bit different, but also, but also similarities for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, and abs I completely agree with you about the idea of um, basically just having students get more knowledge about what comes after uh, their, their education. And I'm, we all had to take this class um, at KSU called, was it music entrepreneurship guys? Um, and well, it was like, it was only y'all. It was only performers. It was only performers. That's, a, that's another yeah. thing. It was, it was only a class for performers um, and it was called music entrepreneurship and it was an online class and Michael has opinions, um, but, <laughs> but it was basically, um, oh. it, it kind of felt like, you know, it was a class where you, you did your resume or you cleaned up your resume. If you hadn't ever made a website, you did that. If you did, and it was things like that, which I think some people, like for me, I had a very type A high school teacher who she very much made me do all that already <laughs> before I even got there. So it was, for 
me, it was great to just be able to go, oh, I already have a foundation on this. Mm -hmm. I can just kind of build upon it. But I think what more people, what what's further than just that type of class um, is really the, the support you need in order to have a successful career once you leave school, because it's not just, yeah, I mean, you can have a great resume and have a website and have all these other things, but if you don't know how to apply that to going out and finding the jobs or finding that are making the opportunities, um, then it can really feel like you have no idea what you're really doing. Um, and we unfortunately have seen colleagues and friends who that's been the case for them, um, where they, even though they're amazing people, amazing players, educators, all that, it just didn't work out where they just kind of felt like they knew what to do um, past like or post uh, uh, undergrad. Um, and so that is the thing that I feel like should be talked about more. Um, and if you have great like uh, private lessons teachers, like I had Christina and Christina prepared me so well yeah. for everything that I, I wanted to do. And she was so supportive that she, first of all, she knew that I meant what I said when I wanted to do something. Um, mm-hmm. and for her, she was like, well, I'm, I know how to support you to get to the, your next goal. She's still here in my life. Yeah. I know I can text her like, can I like play something for you real quick? And right, like, right. we'll set up a time and, you know, yeah. and she'll do that. And so it's really important to, to have these little, these things implemented into the, it shouldn't be a, a thing that's on the side and it feels like it kind of is. And I know, I especially know Michael has a pity. I mean, but also to that, I think we need, we really need to um, make that class, like if we were to do the class, because I think at Kennesaw is not even part of the School of Music, it's a, and it's a it's business. business, yeah, so I think we really need to have that class, and, and I was thinking to myself, well, I know you're all booked and busy, as always, but like you would be the perfect person <laughs> that class, because you, you have extensive, extensive knowledge of once you graduate, you are on your own. This is the things that you need to do to go to the next level. Um, so maybe in the future, if you if you're just like, hey, maybe I want to add something to my little course load. Here yeah, we go. Let's do yeah, it. planting seeds. I like yes. it. Well, yeah. also <laughs> you're in person, not across the pond. <laughs> I'm so like I'd like no shade, no tea, Kennesaw. But like a class online, it felt like it was like, okay, do this and you'll pass a class. Like you can submit a bad resume and you'll get a good grade. Like it was like, you you just need these in your portfolio. I was literally, when you were talking about the music business class, I was thinking like, if I ever taught that class, what would I do? Well, your midterm yeah. would be a portfolio, a actual yeah. CV, actual resume, recordings, teaching philosophy. That's your midterm. And your final would be like, you put on a project, not like in theory. No, you actually put on a project. Like if right. you would do a chamber music recital for yeah. what charity at whatever yeah. church, you better get it done by the end of the semester. Because that's what you have to do when you're, I feel like, and you, you live this life more than all of us. Cause I think you're part of the, is it the Atlanta chamber players or the Georgia chamber players? Well, I'm, I'm artistic director for the Georgian chamber players, but I'm part of both Atlanta chamber players and Emory chamber players. So yeah. You, you do this all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much. But what you just said, Michael, I mean, that's like, that would be great. I mean, like that's like the ideal class right there. And also if you could maybe have different, like you can have a one professor, but if you can have guest lecturers come in that, you know, for example, like, I don't know, a, a, a person that's playing with the ASO, for example, you know, like a, a soloist that comes in just for the for the week and you could get guests lectures like that. And so, you know, it, it definitely it's it's 
planting seeds right now for me. Yes. So I'll, 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 this won't be the last you'll hear from it. <laughs> I know, right? It, and it's beneficial. Like that. that is the thing that when people think, let's go to college, that's what I want to know. I know college, I know, especially in the liberal arts, it's all about philosophies. It's all about, you know, the theoretical side of putting everything together. But I still want to know some, like, what will happen when I graduate? What right. do I need to do? Because a lot of us, we get left after, you know, my degree is sitting right here in front of my face. Once I get that piece of paper, it's like, all right, so yeah. what's next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that would be a great class, not only at Kennesaw, but at all universities, at everywhere. all colleges, everywhere. Yeah. I think that is very beneficial. And but to close, to close, I do want to ask you, not only are you well-versed in classical music, but you're also well-versed in popular music. Uh, is it true that you perform with Elton John? Yes, it is. It's well, true. Oh, my um, God. Well, so actually, Elton went to my university in London. He went to the Royal Academy of Music himself. He's very, very um, talented. He actually went there. Uh, as a kid, I don't know if you saw the movie about him, but um, there's a little bit about him going to uh, a, a music school, and that is Royal Academy Music. And so we had this concert put on together, and um, and I got to play with him, and he's amazing and so talented and the sweetest human being you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, and I just, I'm a huge fan. So, and I actually think I became more of a fan after playing with him. So um, he, and him and all of his band members, like everyone was just the loveliest people. So yeah, I'm very, very happy and grateful I got to play with him. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I would do. Just, oh my goodness. <laughs> and to, cause he's a pianist as well. So you're just in there like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, yeah. Up, you know, just everything. But yeah, oh but it's also great because, you know, he um a lot of pop musicians don't actually know how to read music and which is yeah. fine. You know, they do a lot of things by ear, um, mm -hmm. which is also extremely impressive. But with with Elton, like he he can play a Beethoven sonata, you know, and then he'll play yeah. a pop song after that because he reads yeah. music perfectly fine. And I've played with pop musicians before that don't read music. And it's always a little hard for me because like, I'm like, okay, let's go from, you know, let's go from that E-flat over there. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was, it was great. He's, he's amazing and super, super talented. So it was great. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's just been so great, like catching up with you and yeah. just talking about all the amazing things that you're still doing. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just great to have to be able to see professors out there doing amazing things and continuously doing amazing things. And that's it's inspiration for the students to see you out doing exactly what some of them may want to do one day. Um, and so just know that you are a big inspiration to us here at Relative Pitch and all of us mm -hmm. individually. Um, and we just wish you the best on your future journeys and everything. Thank you so much, all of you guys. You are wonderful. And I miss you all. We'll be back in Atlanta soon. We'll be back. Yes, please. That would be great. I'd love to see you. <laughs> Well, guys, make sure to go check out Julie and all the amazing things that she's doing. And uh, we hope you enjoy the episode. Make sure to check out all the past episodes. Also, go check out that GMEA recital that we did a few weeks ago. Everything went really well with that. And uh, we were so thankful for all the performers who participated in that. So until then, we'll see you next week. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.